Hello and welcome to Humans Exhaust Me, a show caused by 2020 and everything within it. I'm Biz Paul here in the UK and I'm joined in Arizona, America by Felicia Jones. She is reporting live from the place of much discussion over the last week. How are you doing, Felicia? I'm doing well. How are you? Uh, fine, actually. Fine. It's been quite quite a week. Quite a slow week, but exciting at the same time. Why? What's been going on? Well, not much over here and <laughs> not much going on over there from what I can tell. Um, we've spoken before about slow counting, but that was quite a drawn out process. Um, yes, we've had some counting issues, but I, I think we are solving some of those issues right now. We're still counting. So we're still counting over here. That that makes me um, makes me smile a little bit because I keep forgetting that you're still counting. The way that the world has completely moved on from Trump, it's like it's never happened. But of course, you are actually still counting. And I did see uh, on Twitter uh, plenty of tweets saying, "Well, Al Gore was like the winner at one point." <laughs> yeah, we're definitely still counting. And um, yeah, I forgot about Al Gore. What is he doing these days? What do you think? Fighting for the environment, as far as I can tell. But uh, okay. right. So we, we had an election special uh, a few days ago and we've gone we've gone a bit further into the final destination um, at, at this point. So reporting live from Arizona, what what is the latest? The latest from Arizona is that we are still counting and they're still counting in Arizona. So we are just a counting nation. I think some people probably should have paid attention in school when it comes to math and stuff like that. But that's just my opinion. But I will say I do have an update from our election day special. And we were talking about the Electoral College and what happens if there's a tie and it goes to the House of Representatives. And so I mistakenly said that each representative gets a vote. Actually, only each state gets a vote. So if any of you were really paying attention and really just you know bothered by this, that is the correction. Live from the Department of Corrections from the show, Felicia Jones. Um, I, I, I can't say I had anyone. <laughs> anyone like, <laughs> trying to trying to correct us in that in that sense but you uh, never know somebody was somebody could have been upset but my, my yeah. husband as soon as we finished because I kind of had a live audience here he said you had one thing wrong I'm like uh-oh but I did tell him I said if you are listening to us for factual you know up-to-date things um you might want to fact check us just a little bit just saying Hey, that's quite good if we have a fact checker. That's like, that makes us a proper news commentary organization. Yes, I know. That'd be awesome. So that's the only update I have. But other than that, um, we are still counting and we are down to the wire in, in Georgia. There is a recount happening and an election runoff for their Senate leaders. So things are still up in the air here. And that could change the outcome of the Senate, couldn't it? absolutely could change the outcome of the Senate. If the two senators in Georgia win, if they are Democrat, it could, I mean, the Democrats could run the presidency, the House and the Senate. Wow. That's quite yeah. a turnaround. It is. It really is. And do you have any particular view on the amount of golf being played at the moment? 
Well, I don't play golf, but if you are in warm weather, go ahead and play your butt off, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Um, it's been quite interesting observing things from this side of the pond. Uh, I will be honest. Um, I think a lot of people here are, a, well, I say are, were a bit kind of, why is it taking so long? What's going <laughs> on? What is wrong with people? But of course, as we discussed before, we're used to very simple X in the box, kind of, it's all over by about 3am, 4am the following day. Uh-huh. Um, we're just we're just not used to this protracted thing going on. But um, I, I must give you a highlight of mine was the Four Seasons Total Landscaping press conference. Oh, that was hilarious. I, it took me a while to even figure out what was happening there. I, 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 you couldn't make this stuff up, could you? I mean, no, you couldn't make this stuff up. And the fact that the Four Seasons uh, Landscaping Company was next door to a place called Fantasy Island, which is an adult bookstore and the owner was complaining because they were taking up all of the parking spaces well i imagine it gets very busy at this time of year what with christmas coming up well he got busy on after the election obviously (laughs) i mean in in covid times people need a bit of entertainment if they're stuck at home yeah they do well, I mean, they got some extra publicity. That's that's the main thing. But I do wonder what happened to the person that booked the Four Seasons Total Landscaping instead of the Four Seasons Hotel. I don't know. I, I, I've always said that there was somebody in his office that was like the sneaky saboteur or saboteur. So who knows? Who, who knows who did? I mean, that was hilarious so hopefully they got their act together and maybe that's why he's playing a lot of uh, a lot of golf this is his way of processing and kind of staying staying trying to stay calm i mean we we all have our things to help us get through um, challenging moments and challenging times right right is is he gonna go quietly or not what's your what's your instinct there well the a lot of people have painted Donald Trump as a narcissist and it sounds like narcissists don't really go out quietly. So I don't think so. I think he's going to make some, a lot of stinky noises up until January 20th of 2021, because that is the official moving day. Now I understand why that is. I understand the process. I know there's a lot of things written into uh, documents, which uh, I, I don't know what sort of material they're written on, by the way. We discussed on WhatsApp, you and I, about the Queen <laughs> signing um, documents in vellum, which is goat skin over here. I mean, obviously, old school. <laughs> everything is old school here. Um, so we, di- we discussed that. I don't know what sort of parchment it, it may be written on, but you do hang on to that constitution. So that's fine. You've got your, your dates. But it does seem a bit weird to me that you've got from now until uh, January the 20th, where... Anyone that has that amount of power can just wreak havoc. Yeah, he he could wreak havoc. And it's, it's very interesting when presidents are leaving the, those last couple of months or that's when they start um, giving out these pardons. 
I haven't seen anybody make any huge executive decisions on the way out, but you'll see these pardons, giving awards to people, making little, little changes. But I mean, you do have to have a, a, a transition of power. You got to bring the new people in to get them caught up. You got to get the security clearances so that everybody can understand what the last group has been doing. Also, we are all kind of putting some money on whether or not Trump will leave a letter to the next president, because that's one of those traditional things that they leave a letter for the next president. So a lot of people think he's a little petty and won't leave a letter. And it also, some people don't think he'll be at the inauguration. Right. Well, I can imagine he won't be at the inauguration. The letter's quite funny. Now we have a tradition. Well, I don't suppose it's a tradition, tradition here, but there, um, there is no big transition here. Like what happens here is that the government that leaves, uh, leaves within hours. Uh, the former prime minister goes to Buckingham Palace and sees the queen and says, I'm resigning the government. She then, there's a bit of like a, like a, a, a dance around, like into an order of Way the, ways these things are done because they've okay. got to ferry the queen into position, I suppose. Um, but then, then she invites the winner of the new government to be received by her and to, and she invites them to form a government. And then they walk into ten down. That's that. That's it. That is the the length of transition. I don't know who hands over the nuclear codes or what, but at the twenty ten election when the Labour Party lost and the Conservative Liberal Democrat coalition came in. There's a, a famous note that was uh, written by the chief secretary to the treasury, who's in pretty much in charge of the money, not quite the chancellor of the exchequer, but uh, chief secretary of the, the treasury. With And the message, the note just said, there is no money left. And that was it. <laughs> That's a great way to go out, I guess. And that, you know, and that was, and, I, and it was, and it was true. There was no money left. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what Trump will leave in his letter if he leaves one. I don't really remember what Obama left uh, for Trump. We'll have to go back and kind of read that. But the next couple of months should be entertaining, to say the least. So one of the things that's happening over here, which I've noticed is, and this is really to do with, I guess, the the fallout of the election is obviously Boris Johnson, reasonably close to Trump in terms of relationship, not always on policy, but certainly in terms of relationship. And uh, there is some question here about Biden and whether or not they're going to get on because Biden is of Irish descent and he's said some things about Brexit and the negotiations and needing to protect the Irish border. And uh, that is very uh, contrary to what the current government here's policy is so there's some friction there but of course what's that what that's making people do is to go absolutely overboard on the special relationship and how strong it is which by the way we get every time there's a change of of government uh with you is we get <laughs> some stuff about the special relationship and it comes down to this are we your best friend or not oh that's a good one do you think we were best friends in the last four years well, it's this is the thing, you see, apparently it matters not, it matters not who's in power between your country and my country. We are the best of friends forever and ever. 
I don't know. I think we're like kind of weird cousins. Like sometimes we like each other and sometimes we will steal each other's ball because we can. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> weird cousins. See over here. Uh, and obviously I think this comes down to the fact that we are this tiny island in the middle of an ocean. Right. Um, cast aside. From, well, say cast aside. We cast ourselves aside. <laughs> from from europe but we've always because we're so small and tiny and could easily be invaded let's face it um we oh god i can't believe i said that people are going to kick off at that because uh, actually we have quite a good military but anyway <laughs> um we, we've been obsessed about whether america is our best friend and whether we're america's best friend and more importantly that we're better friends with america than the french are you know this is a very i think it was a funny conversation because I sometimes think the relationship between the UK um, and the US is kind of in some of those dating relationships where one person is dating the other one, one person, and the other one is kind of just, yeah, I only see them on the weekends. Right. And, and who's who? <laughs> so I have a feeling that the UK may be more concerned if we're best friends and we don't think that much of it. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. I don't. I don't think America is worrying about whether or not um, the, the the British are are their best friends or not. But but I can tell you this, particularly since Brexit, we are desperate to be your bestest <laughs> friend. Like we are we are hanging on to your leg as you try and shake us off. <laughs> See, you're like the the little cousin, or you're like the 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 younger brother or sister. And when you're like a teenager, and your mom, and you ask your mom if you can go somewhere, and they're like, "Take your sister." Like, oh, okay, fine. Yeah, that's that's it. That's it. Because I think you know we we've we've lost our other friends, so you're all we've got. I mean, we could say Australia, but they're miles away, and there's not <laughs> that many people in Australia, so. Well, you know, it's yeah, no, we're absolutely desperate. And and what's been quite interesting as well, then, is to see um, here and this this is always the case. And I've seen this about uh, with, with other world leaders as well. Now, the issue is who's going to meet Biden first? And actually, who not only that here, there was who congratulated Biden first? I think. Oh, now, who was it now? There was a world leader who congratulated Biden within 14 minutes of the key race alert um, of it being called, which was a which was a record. And so everyone's desperately to do it. Um, Johnson was a bit lukewarm and waited a while. And uh, obviously, Russia and China are hedging the bets that maybe Trump's still in and haven't haven't done anything yet. But um, oh, as has um, Bolsonaro from from Brazil. So uh, but but. The acceptance is that Biden has won and they've offered their congratulations. Now the issue is, are we, the British and Boris Johnson, going to be the first world leaders to meet Biden? And I say, no, he won't be. Oh, I, I don't think so. I think it's going to take a while because you have to, oh gosh, you, you still have to sh save face a little bit. So They'll they'll eventually get here. I'm just not sure who will be the first. Yeah, it's probably going to be Trudeau. I was going to say Trudeau. I yeah. would I would imagine Trudeau closely followed by um, I don't know the Mexican president's name. I feel embarrassed by that, but um, 
the, the, the Mexican president, I think, would be a good shout as well. Because, I mean, you would see your neighbours first, wouldn't you? Well, you, you might. I mean, we still have this wall issue and we still have some ice issues. And, um, yeah, and yeah, that, that'll be an interesting one. Hmm. Uh, I, I suspect that Johnson will be really quite down the list. I see the other thing is this is getting technical now, but in the Brexit uh, paperwork, the legal paperwork that's going through Parliament at the moment, where uh-huh. our government is suggesting that we break international law Ooh. by changing the um, details of the legally binding withdrawal agreement unilaterally. Mm-hmm. Uh, that has gone to the House of Lords, our second chamber, unelected. Get them out. Um, oh, bit of politics there. Um, <laughs> I mean, what? Yeah, okay, we can discuss that one later. But uh, it's going through the second. It's going through the second chamber, and apparently they are going to rip out that bit, and then the government is not going to put it back because Biden's won. So that's all that's all happening. But uh, I, I, they were saying on the news this morning that they're expecting like a big invitation to a state visit uh, pretty early on because they gave Trump one. Oh, you think so? I mean, we still have a pandemic. Should anybody be traveling right now? Well, that's it's not. So what they're saying is that and see next year in 2021, Britain hosts the G7. Mm-hmm. and COP26, the climate conference. Yep. So they're saying that they'll sort of tag it on to the G7 or something like like that. So I don't know. But yes, if there's a pandemic, then that's a bit of an issue. However, we've, there's a cure today, so that's fine. Oh, there's a cure. Oh. Well, sorry, not a cure, a vaccine. There's a vaccine okay. from today. So. <laughs> like we have a cure. Okay, we got we to gotta keep up with all these things now. So yeah. Um, it, it, it'll be interesting to see who visits and or who he goes to visit first. So my suspicion is that Biden will be a leader and maybe kind of model how you're supposed to be operating during a pandemic. So I think there won't be a lot of visitations for a while. Yeah, but there'll still be there'll still be plans. And I, I find yeah. it very interesting just how desperate these male world leaders and they all seem to be male are to 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 get to see him there's, there's a lot of sort of testosterone flying about i think oh gosh yes. last couple of days and i just wonder whether and i don't know because we don't have a female leader i just i wonder whether there's a lot of difference between these these middle-aged men uh sort of fawning over Joe Biden as you know to say oh please pick me please pick me you know I I don't know I mean I guess we'll have to really think about I hate to say it how men behave <laughs> and oh. it I, I have noticed it is always funny and I've noticed this even with women sometimes where someone you're not really friends with but all of a sudden they become famous or they do something and now you're best friends with them or you're trying really hard to be become friends with them. I've only experienced that when I I hit some level of success in business and the people who pretty much ignored me or wouldn't even 
talk to me for real, all of a sudden, hey, I'm so proud of you. It's like, oh my gosh, like a year ago, you wouldn't even talk to me. So uh, it is a very interesting thing uh, that us humans do when I guess we want to be on the gravy train of success. And so we always want to hitch our wagon to somebody who's going to be successful. And we definitely see it when it comes to world leaders. And, uh, you know, I guess people want to prove like I've had your back the entire time. But world leaders are also in a very interesting position because they still have to, even if you don't like someone, you still have to represent your country and still work with this person if you have to in the future. So very interesting positions that a lot of them are in right now. So how do how do women handle this differently then? So <laughs> in terms of I, I haven't seen any kind of huge fawning um, from the female leaders of, of the world, of which we discovered there aren't that many. It's 15%. Um, it's about 15%. 15%. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, I, I'll admit that I haven't really gone and researched what Jacinda Ardern is um, talking about or what Angela Merkel is is, is saying. I, I don't really keep up to date with what's going on in, in, in Berlin every five minutes. <laughs> um, but I just, I, it just, Angela Merkel, Jacinda Ardern, Meta Frederikson doesn't really strike me as someone who's going to go, pick me, pick me, pick me. <laughs> no, I, I don't see that. I have a feeling they will do the typical congratulations. You make your phone call because that's what a world leader does. I would like to think that most of these women are really focusing on their countries right now, because like we said, we have to remember we're still in the middle of a pandemic and you have countries like New Zealand that have done an amazing job of keeping things low. So maybe they're focusing on whatever's going on in their country. You do the typical leadership thing you're supposed to do, wave a hello. If you need me, give me a call. But um, no, I don't necessarily see the same type of energy from uh, the women world leaders kind of jumping to be a part of, you, you know, be on Biden's gravy train. So I, I guess we'll just kind of see how it all plays out. Um, mm. but I guess, but the other thing we're seeing is that you're seeing these male world leaders. They are from some of these bigger countries that are kind of key in this global chess game that we have of who has the money, who has the oil. So I, I think that might be what you're seeing because the stakes are just 10 times higher with all of these people, I guess. Uh, yeah, I wonder actually just thinking about like the female leaders of, of the world, whether they will have respond. It'd be interesting to look at their content, some of the posts that they've made and see how much emphasis they've given to Kamala Harris um, and the reaction to Kamala Harris being the vice president elect and the glass ceiling that she's shattered. I mean, let's say, I think we can say she's shattered it. It's not like she's broke through it. She's shattered it, right? Well, I, I've definitely definitely seen quite a few posts from other, oh gosh, may not be the exact world leader or the prime minister or the president, but other people in some of these cabinets, like foreign affairs ministers, especially if they are a woman of color, they've congratulated her big time for doing something that has never been done here in the United States. So you're seeing a lot of love coming from people because of that. 
And and I think we should all just I, I hope they embrace the love because at some point they do need to get to work. <laughs> um, yeah. But I have not seen a lot of men post in congratulations, you know, from the world leaders. To hmm. Kamala Harris. Yeah, I haven't. We could be wrong. I could be wrong. I haven't studied all of Twitter in the last 72 hours. Uh, well, uh, Modi from India, oh, unsurprisingly, Modi. he has. He was very you know, path-breaking. Um, I can definitely say from those countries that are Indian or Asian, depending on, on how you define it right now, I've definitely seen a lot of love coming from those communities. So, of course, hopefully that means people will get along a little bit better because I think Modi is a little controversial on some items in India. On quite quite a lot, actually. <laughs> yeah, so I think he's a little controversial. So so maybe a lot of this will make it interesting how we are we are leading and how we get along. I will say the one thing when when Condoleezza Rice was Secretary of State, it, it, she had a lot of fans. Um, especially like um, Gaddafi was a huge fan of hers, but mm. yeah, I know he used to make up stories and poems about her. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, but you know, when things have changed and when we start to see people of color in office, maybe that can just be the doorway of of some bridges. We saw that with Obama, especially coming out of the United States. So hopefully we see a, a few different things and the, the people from the islands will probably give tons of love to Kamala. Um, so I think everybody is sitting on a lot of optimism and definitely some of these world leaders, they, I, I think they're trying to shift, especially if they were um, fanboys of Trump, they're, they're trying to shift how we can be friends with a new person. And, and that is always uh, challenging, I think, when you when when you're playing the role of leader and how you're being friends with people or not being friends with people, I guess. Um. So when you say islands, what what do you mean? Oh, the uh, the Caribbean islands. So okay. I guess that's how we refer to them here. So the islands, since um, Kamala Harris is, I think, her father um, is from Jamaica. Jamaica, yeah. So we, we have a lot of people and especially um, a, a lot of Indian people who moved to the islands as well. So so the Caribbean, Jamaica, Bar, uh, Barbados is not in the Caribbean, but those types of islands. Places I wish I could be right now. Oh. Well, yes, it's cold and, and wet here. That's that, that's for sure. Well, look, there's <laughs> lots of there's lots of leaders there are women in, in the world. Okay, only 15%, but there's some real big hitters there. I mean, Angela Merkel is not to be sniffed at, really. No, she's I'm not. I'm talking about sniffing Angela Merkel, but... <laughs> Please don't go sniff Angela. No, I don't think she would take kindly to being sniffed, at, to, to be no. fair. You she probably just... won't survive to tell the story. No, she scares me. And, you know, hmm... <laughs> But yeah, it's it's quite interesting looking at look uh, world leaders. So um, uh, Denmark, yeah, uh, Finland, the Ethiopian president, Gabon prime minister, Georgia yeah. president. I've been Greece. to Georgia. Have you been to Georgia? I've not been to Georgia. Do you mean Georgia in the Caucasus? 
yeah, I, I, I went to, uh, when I was working for the Navy, I had to oh, go okay. for a while. Uh, Very interesting place. Yeah, I bet actually. Funny alphabet. <laughs> um, you know, well, never, I, it was interesting. I, when it was like part of the Soviet Union, I'd never seen their alphabet. I shouldn't say it's funny. That's really condescending. It's not, it's not funny. It's just different. Different alphabet. <laughs> different. Yeah. But. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm I'm fascinated by by alphabets. So like the alphabet in the Maldives, the Maldivian alphabet, mm-hmm. fascinating. Circle and yeah, oh, goodness, yeah, do and Ethiopian. I didn't know that there was a, an Ethiopian uh, alphabet either. Mm. So yeah, I find that really interesting. Anyway, um, yeah, quite quite a lot of leaders are um are female which is which is great and and long may there be more so um i want to to sort of wrap up really by just asking you because i know that we've spoken a lot since the election but i don't think i've actually asked you as a black woman how do you feel about what's happened specifically about kamala harris but also maybe whether whether you feel any sense of hope going forward well, as a black woman, I'm I, I, I kind of always give a little side eye to the government because it's just, you know, you still have a lot of things that have to be done. But just for the optics and the the optimism, I mean, the last few years have been well, not well, the last four years have been interesting. But the, the years before that, I think I'm just going to have to skip four years of my life. But having seen Obama become the first black president in the United States. I mean, I was, I I was five hours late for work watching the inauguration. That's how bad it was. And Mm -hmm. seeing Michelle Obama as the first lady and seeing how diverse his cabinet was. And that was probably one of my biggest issues with the Trump administration, the lack of diversity in that cabinet, because you do need to represent who lives in the United States and I do have optimism that Biden will have a very diverse cabinet. So what Kamala Harris has done, I, I, I think it's pretty darn amazing. And I think this will, she will not be the last woman vice president. And I'm already team President Harris. So that's just me right now. But I feel hope that Biden, you know, in his years of being in the Senate, I think he's learned a few things and he will start listening to people. And I do feel there's going to be a lot of diversity because who he surrounds himself with is going to be more important some days than when who than how he got elected. So I feel a lot of hope that way. And especially with some of the women that have, I mean, like Stacey Abrams coming out of Georgia to fight against voter suppression. And I, I'm just really excited about all the things that they've been doing, especially coming coming out of the South which is a very challenging place when it comes to those who still celebrate the Confederacy and the Civil War. Um, so I, I'm just feeling very hopeful that there will be more diversity, uh, more women and more representation of who actually lives in America that will be in Biden's cabinet. Well, that is lovely to end on something so, so hopeful. I am thrilled for you and your country. I think there are lots of lessons to to be learned for all of us around the world about what's going to happen. And um, 
you know i'm sure this is by the way this is not the end of the podcast i mean <laughs> no we're just getting started yeah, i think 2021 yeah. is going to be just as interesting as 2020 but it's nice it's nice to have a little bit of hope so let's enjoy this moment and let's see what comes of it yeah 2020 is not over yet though that is true we'll have plenty to talk about next time on the next episode but until then see you felicia see you paul part of the like mind media network